0: Welcome to the Small Business Sisterhood Podcast. I'm your host, Pepper Peace, an online business strategist helping handmade business owners get more visibility for their Etsy shops, and founder of the Small Business Sisterhood. Join me as I go behind the scenes with female entrepreneurs, revealing the struggles, strategies, and inspiring stories of these amazing women. We're here to normalize the ups and downs of entrepreneurship so we can all feel a little less isolated, be a little more connected, and keep moving forward in our businesses. If you're interested in connecting with like-minded women through monthly virtual networking and co-working events, join the free podcast community at smallbusinesssisterhood.com. Today we're talking to Suzanne Tuline, a brand clarity expert, author, and speaker specializing in identifying, defining, and aligning her clients to their distinctive brand value positioning through her proprietary process to achieve extreme clarity on her clients' differentiation, master consistencies, to build trust, and create on-brand actions and behaviors from the inside out. She's the author of three books, Brand DNA, Personal Brand Clarity, and The Six Myths of Small Business Branding. Suzanne, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I appreciate your time and and the chance to talk to you and learn more about your business and your book and just dive right in. So thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Pepper. I appreciate it. So tell everybody a little bit about you and your business. Well, I am what I call a brand
1: clarity expert. I moved from the industry of marketing, advertising, and design into the the whole um, task of actually identifying, defining, and aligning brands before they go out into their market space. So what I do now and for our purposes here today, I, I help women solopreneurs who are ready to be seen to leverage their wisdom, their expertise, their personality to become what they want to be known for and really build out a personal brand presence.
0: I love that. I love talking about branding. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into this. But I know for you, you know, even as you're kind of describing your business and kind of how it's evolved, the the difference between marketing and branding is something really important to you. And I'd I'd love for you to kind of set the stage for that and really help us understand what you mean by that. Okay, great.
1: Because I think this is probably one of the most misunderstood concepts or dualities that happen when small businesses begin. Um, So I'll explain it this way. So if you think about marketing versus branding, you market a brand, okay? So you're out there, marketing is, think of that as a verb. You know, you're out there disseminating and communicating information about the brand. So if you haven't fully identified and defined the brand, then my question to you is what are you marketing? Right. So what I do is I help the client identify and define their brand's value position. So who are they? What do they bring to the table? What is their brand style, right? What are the, mm-hmm. what is their value proposition? What makes them different and what are they promising to deliver on every single day? So you can see how important that is before you even start talking about marketing, right? Yeah, yeah. And so when you have that um, brand identified and defined and you begin to align yourself as the brand to infuse it into your customer service experience, your marketing narrative and messaging, your follow through, follow up, all of those things, then you are really in alignment and consistent with who you say you are. And that builds trust, bottom line.
0: Absolutely. And I love that. And I so appreciate that because a lot of times, you know, I hear people that they think branding is like just having a logo or maybe a couple colors. And I know it's like, no, <laughs> it's it's so much more than that. And it just, everything, it just encompasses so much, like you're saying, like from, you know, the email that you write to your audience to, you know the way you write copy for your website to what your website looks like. And like you said, the customer service experience, like it's, there's so many things that are included in that branding aspect. And I, and I so appreciate that you love that too. And that, you know, I, I know that your your clients come away with such a bigger picture of that than sometimes people get you know you think oh. you can go to fiverr and get a logo and then your branding's done it's like no <laughs>
1: so your logo think of your logo as just a graphic icon mm. that represents the brand right. and the question still remains so what is it actually representing right right and so when you think of branding in that verb sense the task at hand for saying, if someone says, I'm branding myself, that means they are literally assigning meaning to themselves. And it's the the, the practice of assigning meaning that is really the practice of branding. And then you mm-hmm. market that meaning, right. right, out into wherever your target audience is. And that's what the book is really all about. And it's that entire process uh, with exercises and all kinds of step-by-step processes to get you through that.
0: Yes. Yes. I love your book. And it's so for everybody out there, I'll have it in the show notes as well, but it's Personal Brand Clarity and it's awesome. And there it is. (laughs) And I... (laughs) And it's, you know, it dives right into all those pieces that you're talking about. And it's really, it's really a great tool to, to explore that for your business. But you also talk about, you know, the difference between branding and personal branding. Do you want to kind of like tell us like what that specification really means to you?
1: Yeah. So I started my business helping companies with employees brand themselves so I see that as, you know, going in and, and, and branding or assigning meaning to the collective entity of the organization. So it's not the person, but generally, if it's a smaller business, it is coming from the owners or the leadership in mm-hmm. their, their brand value proposition of what they want this company to become. Right. So what I do for them is that I help flush those attributes out of the brand so that we can then infuse those attributes into their systems and processes, their leadership, their culture development, and all all that's entailed in operating the internal infrastructure of the brand, so that they're walking the talk and delivering on the promise. Mm -hmm. So that's a much bigger project, of course, because we're, we're kind of infusing all of that brand meaning into the hearts and minds of their own employees, so that they, they absorb it really and live it. Right. So then the personal brand is what I was mentioning before is like, you are the brand of your own business as that solo professional. So it's all you, right? Right. You are the differentiator. It's not your products and services. It is you because I can buy your products and services pretty much everywhere, anywhere in the world, you know? Right. Yeah. You're, you're not that much of an anomaly in terms of what you offer but what is different is you and how you, your philosophies stand out. What your expertise is and how you deliver on your promise.
0: Absolutely, and and would you agree that you know really getting clear about your personal brand can help with some of that kind of imposter syndrome or even you know playing in a market that is is possibly quite saturated and and really that's how you stand out. Like you said, like the products and services there. I mean. There's only so many different ways you can talk about certain things, That really what's different is us and our experiences and what we bring to that. Um, would you agree with that? That's a, such an
1: insightful question, Pepper, and I'd love to answer that question because I work a lot in the industries that are considered commodity industries like real estate Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, in Colorado, we are saturated with agents. It's We have over 25,000 agents right now. Wow.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah, real estate in Colorado is kind of nutty. <laughs> yeah.
1: So when someone says, you know, when I meet them and they say they're an agent, I'm like, okay, why? Mm-hmm. Why are you an agent? Number one, you've got to figure that out because it's a tough industry. You know, you've got yeah. tough group of pool of people that are all vying for limited inventory right now. Right. Right. And so when they, when they have to go backward and inward to figure that out, that's kind of the process of starting thinking about assigning meaning to why you're doing what you're doing Mm -hmm. and what can you bring to the table and who will you begin attracting as that as recognizing your unique personality style attributes, which is your brand style And how do you bring that to the forefront and and do what I call make it tangible out there so people can feel it, they can touch it almost, they can sense it in a way that is, oh, that that's the the agent that does such and such, right? Right. Yeah. So that's how you create that distinction. If you can really go inward and you talked about imposter syndrome, that is totally cured by um, falling back in love with who you are by clarifying who you are and standing in
0: that power. Absolutely, because nobody can question your life and your experiences, right? And and the why behind what you're doing is that's so unique to you. And you can't be an imposter at being you,
1: right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You are your own competitive advantage. I don't care if everyone on the planet was doing the same thing, selling the same thing. You are like the snowflake, right? You, every one of us has something individual, and we, our personalities resonate with like-minded other personalities that are similar, right? It's law. It's the law. It's the law of attraction. So when we can really um, bring that forward by doing the work and figuring this out for ourselves, then that imposter syndrome is gone because it just doesn't make sense anymore. Like you're saying, you, no one can be more you than you, right? Yeah. yeah. And that brings up something else too that uh, I think is important to mention. In, in our state of being right now, I have sensed at least over the last five, 10 years that we have, because of the pace of our economic um, system and in technology innovation and everything that's happening around us, we have become so externally impacted by what's happening around us and then uh, thus, uh, I would say, reactive to everything around us that we are no longer internally driven. And so we we tend to lose that sense of core value construct Mm -hmm. when we're paying attention to everything outside of us. And so that is what's driving our lives instead of us being internally driven and using our own core values to discern differently and make better decisions and begin to emanate our own vibration and attract what we want, right? Does that make sense? And and I hope your audience is okay with that kind of discussion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say in the last couple of years or so, would you agree that there's been a little more of kind of a consciousness in consumers to, to be more in line with where they buy products or where they get their services? I, In myself, at least, I've become you know, more and more aware over the years of, you know, when even just my coffee that where I buy my coffee, like that's meaningful to me. And I've like one of my favorite brands is it's called grounds and hounds. And it's literally this guy built a coffee company so he could have money to pour into dog adoption and, and all the services around that. And so it's tied to something very meaningful and aligned with my values. And I can buy coffee anywhere, you know, there's fair trade, organic coffee, all like so many different kinds, but now I can buy it and it supports like dog adoption. It's like, that's the perfect alignment for me. And, you know, I'm very much more conscious of that kind of business. Would you agree that that's kind of been increasing lately?
1: Uh, Pepper, another great point you bring up, because I think that I'm happy to report that your generation is much more consciously aware, in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. in those types of things. And you, you, your generation is really um, taking control and discerning differently in terms of where you want to spend your money. And I think that is so, so powerful. Although we've got this We've got, you know, these later generations that are pretty brand loyal to certain things because they've, sure. they've been brought up that way. But yeah. I'm so happy to report that I believe what you're saying is um, that and they're called social impact companies, right? Yeah. These companies that really have a bigger vision and are, are touting it a little bit more versus, you know, older traditional companies may have never... Posted the fact that you know there are they are philanthropists of certain organizations, but now it becomes a differentiator for sure. And personal brands can do this too. I mean, I'm a solopreneur, right? I'm an environmentalist. I mean, I can say I'm putting you know ten percent or five percent or whatever it is of my revenue towards you know the World Wildlife Fund. And I can be a very big advocate in that space and, you know, Mm -hmm. tout that as a differentiator. And that's a big attractor to a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even just not necessarily the the philanthropic side of it, but just the values aspect of it. You know, I would rather choose a service provider or or product that is from a business that has clear values that I can identify with. You know, I, I, especially in today's age, like it's such a, like a, a more kind of conversation that's on the forefront of, you know, there's racism, there's, you know, environmental issues. There's so many different things that, you know, I'm grateful that they're being talked about more, but businesses are kind of aligning or, or disaligning if that's the right word from some of these things. And we have kind of a clearer idea of like what we're really putting money into.
1: Yeah, so I I, I think that is another great point. And from a brand standpoint, it makes me feel good that companies don't feel like they have to appease everyone, right? Right. They're really, um, in in personal brands, again, can do this too. When you identify and define that construct, that that, I hate to say box, because I don't mean to say that you're putting yourself in a box, but you do have... A, a clear, unique way of being, and when you recognize right. what that is, and you you flesh out those attributes in the in the DNA process, then you can really begin to stand in that power with confidence, and differentiate yourself in that space. And I think com- a lot of companies are realizing that that is powerful. That if you know, the more they're appealing to everyone, the more they're appealing to no one. Right. And, and yeah. when they do uh, create that differentiator and they talk about it in their narratives and they're proud to, to say that they support this or don't support this, you know, be, be, before, 20 years ago, they were taking big risks doing that. Yeah. But now I think it's like a thing. <laughs> and, and I love it because then, you know, it's more transparent and we can yeah. really understand what companies we want to buy from and, and spend our money supporting
0: Absolutely. And like you said, you know, it really does apply to that personal brand. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, that you mentioned your, the DNA process, the branding around, I don't know the right words, but tell me about that process that you have. Well, so
1: the first book I wrote um, with my um, colleague, Carol Chapman at the time, we wrote this process to help flush out the attributes of a business brand. Like what, mm what all goes into the bucket of brand in terms of this organization, right? And so we, we published that book in 2010, but in 2011, I, I always had this soft spot for solopreneurs and I'm like, I've got to get this process into their hands in an affordable Mm -hmm. way, because this is what the big guys are doing. And that's how they, they've gotten to where they are is they got really focused on what their brand value position is. So, In this book, uh, For the Personal brand, The Solo Professional, is the fleshing out of that process for the person. So it it speaks to that level instead of the organization. Mm -hmm. So it's just a little bit different of a vernacular in there. But we're fleshing out your core values, of course. That's huge. Some people think they know their core values. But if I asked you what your core values were today and then a, a month later I asked you again, they wouldn't be the same. Because number one, you didn't write them down. Number two, you didn't identify them and you're not infusing them into everything that you're doing every day. Right. They, they shift, right? So this is about getting them written down so that we can create meaning around them and infuse them into what we're doing every day and lock them in to our way of being. So we become what we want to be known for. So core values are one, then our brand style attributes are another, and that's a really fun, creative exercise where we flesh out our personality attributes and then we define what those mean to us um the next one is differentiators and this is a just like a a brainstorm dump of all the things that we've done in life that make us different as humans right we might have the ability to speak three languages we might be able to play um five instruments or the piano or one thing right we have different skill sets, all of us do, in ways that we lean into certain philosophies of, of our belief systems. Right. And so that makes us different. So it's, it's all these things, Pepper, that we get to flush out about ourselves that create this, what I call the brand DNA presence for that solopreneur to then, wow, take a look at and say, okay, so if I say that I'm this, if I say that I'm transparent, let's say, that's a quality, that's a style attribute. Then how are you actually showing up transparent in, from the get-go, like in your marketing materials, when you actually have that initial consult with your prospect, right? Mm-hmm. How are you really expressing that and making it tangible for them?
0: So that's what it, that's what it takes That dive yeah. into all of that. Can you give me? I don't know if you have like favorite brands like I do, but if you can, you think of like a personal brand or a solopreneur that you love that you feel really embodies their personal brand and kind of give some examples of how that shows up.
1: Well, I think one of them that I, I follow is Marie Forleo. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with her? Yeah. Um, she is out there. She is. Um, she speaks her mind. You know, she mm-hmm. is not. Um, hiding behind anything and she just is out there and she'll take on any kind of question or situation that her community or market has and really bring it up as a subject matter. And she, she becomes a subject matter expert on it or brings somebody in to help solve that problem. Mm. She, I think has really uh, has beautiful design and everything. So her, all her visuals are very professional and well put together so you feel a level of trust because they're very consistent her -hmm. behaviors are very um consistent and consistency builds trust trust creates history history forms tradition right and tradition um creates rituals so that you know just that little piece of consistency if you can get consistent in some of your things that you're doing every day then you will build trust yeah. But yeah, Mary, uh, Marie, um, gosh, there's so many, you know, the typical ones that Oprah, Oprah wouldn't be where she is right now if she didn't build that sort of trust and right. deliver on her promise. Do you okay. have a few Pepper that you want to mention?
0: Well, the, the grounds and hounds that I mentioned before is one of my favorite. And then one that I've mentioned before on the podcast, it's, a It's a toilet paper subscription company called Who Gives a Crap? And I love their branding so much. Their blog is called Talking Crap. And like, it's literally like they've just taken this really awkward topic and made it meaningful. And they're one of the certified B Corps that, you know, they give 50% of their profits to building infrastructure for people, building toilets and and places that need them and that kind of thing. It's a powerful company around the world. I think they were started in Australia, but they have, you know, a U.S. branch. And honestly, at the beginning of the pandemic, it saved me because I already had like subscription toilet paper coming. So I didn't have to worry about that at all (laughs) (laughs) at the grocery store, (laughs) but I, you know, and it's recycled toilet. It's they have two lines. There's a recycled toilet paper line and then they have bamboo toilet paper so it kind of also feeds into that sustainability thing that I love um but I just you know and in, in and of itself I mean you could have that same business and it'd be really dry and really kind of yes. like not appealing to me I mean it would be appealing because of the values of it but they're so quirky and funny and just like even on the toilet paper roll like when you end the roll that has like a website like if you're bored on the toilet go to this website we have stories kind of thing and it's they're just funny and like just quirky and i i love the lightness of it because it's like a ridiculously dry topic to to talk about toilet paper but it i just love how like they really shine through like everything they do in their marketing and i really appreciate that i think when it's done well it can be really powerful Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's a great example for, you know, the business with employees, the bigger business entity showcasing creatively their, their, um, personality, you know, through some of those things. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. When I think about like solopreneur, like Jasmine Starr is one of my favorite women that she teaches a lot around Instagram marketing and kind of more of a luxurious, um, very, she's just, yeah, her branding is very soft, feminine, but very, she's, she's also very direct in her speaking and she's Mm -hmm. like very vulnerable and open. And I appreciate those qualities as well. So when I think like about a personal brand, it's, she's probably my top brand that I love. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but it's, it's so obvious when it's done well, how much that resonates with people and people really buy into that. And it it creates that relationship that you're talking about. It's, it Mm -hmm. can be Really amazing. So, but I think, and I don't know if you would agree with this, but for when people are first starting their businesses, do you feel like they resist branding a little bit at the beginning? It feels like maybe something that comes a little later or like, what are your thoughts around that?
1: I I don't know if, well, I've got, I've got two ways of thinking about this. I think that the first thing they want to do is market and get their, get their services and products out there. So they feel this, um, Compelling notion to they have they have to get it out there so mm-hmm. they don't take the time to do that internal you know fleshing out and clarifying of who they are as a brand um, they've got this this you know like anxiousness to to get out there so that's one mm-hmm. thing and they think number two is they think they know who they are and how they want to show up but what happens is they don't realize how impacted they are by the external environment so they start. Mm-hmm. Chasing the client versus being that internally driven and really standing in a specific value position, they, mm-hmm. they end up getting um, kind of manipulated by the market. And I call that right. your peanut gallery, right? Beware <laughs> peanut gallery because because <laughs> then you're gonna you're gonna get charged with um, you be trying to be everything to everyone, and, the, and it right. just doesn't work. You'll spin your wheels. But I also do, just think that they don't understand number one the difference between marketing and branding. Mm-hmm. The how of go about going about fleshing out the brand or assigning meaning to the brand, and so that process was really important for me to get in a book form, and I have an online course too, depending on how you want to learn. But right. um, it's it's just the not knowing, right? The, right. the honest ignorance of oh, okay, I've got a business I just started, and I'm, I got to get it out there. So let's let's start posting on social media about it you know, and there's no thought to that brand strategy or that, that kind of differentiation. Does that make
0: sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think it, a lot of it, like you said, is just that lack of understanding of the the importance and the value of it and how the conversation becomes very different when you're trying to promote your business from that place of knowing that you're talking about, you know, yeah. this is really what we're all about like even if you have you know like a handmade like pottery business there's there's still a lot of meaning in that branding that can be done Mm -hmm. around that business any it's not just the service-based businesses would you agree that you know the absolutely there's opportunity
1: for any kind of business to really get into that um the deeper narrative and what they stand for really carve out uh, a niche or a differentiator um, and yeah, there's so many opportunities when you do the work, it's like opening up Pandora's box in mm. terms of, even if you feel like, you know, you're, you're putting yourself in a, a construct or a profile, there are um, hundreds of ideas that come out of, of that clarity itself. Right. So that, that's so exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the process that you lead people through and your books and, and your course, like, I think that not only are you coming out with a brand that's really grounded and rooted in your values and your personality, but like you said, it it can really kind of get the juices flowing. Like Mm -hmm. even like when you're thinking about marketing, now you have something else to talk about. You have something else to you're not just talking about, you know, how you can provide birthday cakes for your, you know, for somebody for, in for your bakery business. Now you can talk about maybe why you're a baker and how you came to that and the, the history behind it. It adds so much more to your marketing when you come from that place that you're teaching. And I love that. I love that so much.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a contextual thing, right? It's, it's helping build out a story that's interesting and it helps um the different parts of the story will begin to tap into and resonate to your targeted audiences. And, and that's what's magical about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. it's very exciting to me. <laughs> it is true I love too it. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously I am loving your book, the your latest book, correct? Is this yeah. your latest one? The personal that's brand that was my clarity? COVID project. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> That's a great code project. Um, so tell everybody, kind of you know give us an overview of of the process that you lead people through in the book.
1: Yeah, so, as I was mentioning earlier, is is flushing out those value attributes and and really defining them what they mean to you, um showcasing and fleshing out your personality. So this is a great creative exercise that helps you even think through more about your customer experience. So how can that actually show up in the customer experience? Um, there is the set of differentiators we talked about. And then you go through a process called um, identifying and defining your standards of living. And this mm-hmm. entails about six different buckets in your life. It's your work life. So to, just to back up, your your brand, by the way, is you in everything you do in your world, not just mm-hmm. your business, right? So I've seen this happen and impact my clients in their marriage, in their family life, (laughs) within their communities. I mean, as they become more of who they know themselves to be, everything changes, everything transforms into a more, I guess, resonating, more truthful, aligned, authentic way of being. So but that was just a side note because it's just yeah. not about your business. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then after the, the standards of living, you identify those. We start getting into some goal setting around how you live up to those standards, because this is going to be so clarifying for you. You're going to want to start stepping into it and like, mm-hmm. what is going to help me? What's step number one to help me be more of who I say I am in my work life environment or my family environment? Then we, we tap into creating a mantra, which is a really cool tool that helps, um, you know, everybody gets in a funk every now and then, you know, we, we get offline or out of alignment, And it's good to have a tool to kind of bring us back into remembering who we really are and staying in that power. And then we write a, uh, what, I, what I call, a why I exist statement. And again, this is even beyond your work. This is really about, who you are in your work it's who you are in your world right right and why you think you're here and and this is pretty easy to craft once you've done the other work you know sure and it is so profound for my clients to end up with this statement Um, they memorize it and they think about it every day and they start really becoming it they become their own personal brand manager now because they're very conscious strategic and deliberate in how they walk their talk and deliver on their
0: world. <laughs> I love that. That's so powerful. I mean, it sounds like, you know, at the end of that whole process, it's going to be life-changing, really. It
1: is. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've got some amazing testimonials about people that just start, you could, because you're forced to start discerning differently because of the clarity in your world. And you think about, like, you. let's say you just came up with a, an attribute. Um, one of my attributes is, you know, growth and evolution. Well, that's one of the, one of the values I have. And I think about when I take a step towards that and I sign up for another class or I, um, I feel myself evolving. Let's, let's say, here's an example. I just decided this year that I was going to do, I was going to commit to 365 days of meditation. I'm going to do it because I know how it can transform people's lives. So I'm doing that and I am feeling the growth and evolution within myself. I'm like on 119 days right now. Mm -hmm. So beginning of the year and I am feeling and I'm sensing and I'm reflecting on what's changing for me. And so it's really cool to acknowledge that I am making progress in this area and that I'm Mm -hmm. becoming more of what I stand for by just committing to do that and doing it right.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's you're making time for things that you make creating that space for the things that truly matter <laughs> instead of just getting caught up in the day to day, right? Yeah. You know,
1: I I think I ruined my sympathetic nervous system as I was growing up because I was like the queen of jack of all trades and um, multitasking. I just mm. felt that that was the thing I could do best. And it just, I got to a point in my life that um, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm not gonna be superwoman anymore and I'm going to really focus on one or two things at a time and yeah.
0: and really do them well. <laughs> yes. And that's powerful, isn't it? That that sounds amazing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. I still think there's some things that I need to let go of that I, I spend too much time on that really aren't aligned with what I want, but I, wow. some, you get sucked in sometimes, huh? Well, that's that, <laughs> that's that, that
1: externally you know, reactive position yeah. all of us are guilty of. I mean, we all are because there's so much stimulation out there. But I think the, the more you do the internal work, the deeper work, mm-hmm the more strong you are in resisting that reactive world and you get, you put yourself back into the driver's seat of your own life. Right.
0: Yeah. That sounds nice.
1: (laughs) Deep breath. Right.
0: (sighs) (laughs) Yes. I feel like I could talk to you all day long. I swear. But, um, in the, (laughs) in honoring everyone's time though, I, I, I really appreciate everything you've been sharing and I encourage everyone to, to get your book. Um, I really love it and I love how actionable it is. And Mm -hmm. I, I really appreciate that part of it. It's not just ideas. It's, it's really tangible action that we can take. Mm -hmm. Um, but of course, the question I always love to ask people that come on the podcast is to think back to the beginning of your business, that first year of your business, and something that was particularly challenging or surprising even that you had to either overcome or kind of work around and and some, maybe some advice for somebody that's just starting out and something they might come up against.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I was guilty of this for a long time is, um, you know, I don't know if anybody's read the E-Myth out there, but it, that book is, is what kind of encapsulates what my issue was. And that was thinking that as a, as a business owner, that I could do everything in the business, not just mm. deliver my craft or my expertise, right? But I could right. do the accounting, the, the bookkeeping, the, the, the marketing, right? Mm. Everything that had to be done within the business. And gosh, I, I resisted getting help for a long time because, you know, when you're just starting, you're usually strapped for cash and you're just wanting to, you know, get the the business up and running and do it yourself because entrepreneurs are all about doing it themselves. Right. You know, I, I eventually learned. And as soon as I started releasing some of the, the tasks and duties of, you know, sustaining a business. And hiring a bookkeeper, and you know those types of things. The the more I was able to grow, and I wished I would have known that um, years before, and I wished I would have been comfortable releasing
0: that earlier. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, a good I can point. identify with that. <laughs> 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 yeah, for well, sure. Well, yeah, as solopreneurs, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all that jack of all trades, and you know, really, I think you know, I don't know if it's women in general, but we, you know, we're asked to do a lot of different things and our, our lives, you know, whether it's being a mom or being in charge of the household or being in charge of business or, you know, there's so many different hats that we have to wear. I think we're kind of used to doing everything ourselves. And then when we get enter into the business then we kind of continue that theme, right. And, yes. but you're right. It creates a lot of space if you can let go of some of those things for sure.
1: It really does. And then you get to focus on what you're good at doing, you know, and And what you love (laughs) and you don't burn out as fast. Right.
0: (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Oh, Suzanne, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. And I always love talking about branding, but this, this has been really, really great. And I hope everybody takes some action after hearing this episode. And, um, but where can people find you online and, and learn more about your book and your programs?
1: Well my online course is uh, really super powerful and it is the book, but it's online. so it's a little bit more visual and auditory if you're, you're, you're that kind of learner. It's brand, a personal brandpresence.com. Okay. My book Personal Brand Clarity, you can look it up on Amazon. it's there under Suzanne Tuline, obviously. And my business website is Brand Ascension and there's just a bunch of other tools there. They can get a free Kickstarter toolkit for personal branding on my site, on the Kickstarter Toolkit tab. Um, I would suggest doing that first, just to check out, you know, who I am and how I approach things and in some of these resources I'm giving away. That's wonderful.
0: Thank you, Suzanne. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure, Bever. I love being here.
0: Thank you, Suzanne, for talking with us today. You can find out more information about Suzanne and the link to her website and the show notes for this episode at smallbusinesssisterhood.com slash 47. I hope you found this episode useful and inspiring. If you did, please pop over to iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.